friends, welcome to Cosplay and Cocktails. This is Paige. And I am Jesse, as always. As always. Um, hey Jesse, you got any nerd news over there? Uh well, kind of, so I guess I'll do the sting. The D D. All your breaking nerd news. Um, what do you got, Jesse? Uh, well, I got an email from Wizard World. Probably anyone that's ever attended a Wizard World convention got it. Uh, and it was a survey asking about interest in purchasing NFTs. So, and you had to really explain. Yeah, well, it's a new. The only reason I knew what it was was because of this new. Like it's it's hot right now. An NFT just stole, sold for uh, $63 million. So they're basically, it's a block of a blockchain, right? Uh, so similar type of technology that's used for cryptocurrency. Right. Um, but... Uh, this is so NFT stands for non fungible token. The which Bitcoin cryptocurrency is fungible, meaning that one Bitcoin is identical to any other as far as right. you know the computer can tell you, right? But these are unique, so it's basically like a Bitcoin but a unique entity. Not like, you know, there would only be one, presumably, or a limited number. Right. Um, but they're just like any type of, you know, you can make an NFT out of a visual meeting, like a 3D rendering. It could be a painting. It could be a digital art. It could be a video. It could be an album. I know there's some musicians using it. There's some YouTubers using it for like some of their videos. Um, as like, you know, like a gimmicky kind of thing right now. Um, right. So you were telling me they're talking about using it for like autographs. So yeah, you could right? buy because there are like NFT autographs now. But it would just be like a digital autograph that. Right. Like basically, you know how, I mean, you probably don't know this because you don't, you know, you, you haven't had to deal with this. But like now in the time of COVID, there are a lot of like digital signature apps now. Where like, you know, you have to like use a touch screen and sign and like that's your signature. So that's as good as your signature. So I think it'd be a similar sort of thing to that. So that's kind of what they're thinking with the autographs. Like instead of signing a physical object, whatever celebrity could use like Adobe sign. <laughs> and, right. You know, sign it, I guess. Um, and it wouldn't be on a real object. Obviously, it would be on a digital objects so like an autographed tweet by the ceo of um uh twitter just sold for like several thousand dollars just Crazy. like yeah it's just like a digital image file that's been made into an nft converted to an nft a block on the blockchain and yeah and they, that email just basically said that they were like, it was a survey to see the interest. So like, you know, what kind of NFTs would you be interested in purchasing? Would you be interested in bringing in your own physical objects and getting them like converted to an NFT? You know, I don't necessarily 
necessarily see the harm in it, I guess. Um, it's not something we talked about this uh, off air a little bit, but like, you know, neither of us are huge autograph fans. I have a couple of my like con bags that I had signed and those are special to me, but the, ba- the bag is also Honestly, to I think me, the so. only autograph that I own is David Morse. Yeah. So anyway, if you are into, you know, autographs, yeah, um, I don't like, I don't know. Conventions and stuff like that. It might be something worth looking into. The um, only thing I don't think Wizard World necessarily has any nefarious, you know, I think they're just trying to make money. Um, but like NFTs as a whole, I can see becoming very shady business, just like art collecting in general and like cryptocurrency in general, you know, it's a really easy way to hide the earnings from crime or sex trafficking or, you know, so like, I don't love that that could be, you know, but I don't think that the technology. We don't think necessarily Wizard World. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that that's why Wizard World is doing it. I think they're just like, hey, this is maybe a way we can make money. And if that's what it takes for some of these conventions to keep going until, you know, they can have a real convention again, like, you know, and also. Well, we talked about the fact that, like, you know, they've been doing with these virtual conventions, like, you can still buy autographs and you can, some of them were doing, like, um, instead of like photographs like personalized mess video messages and um like a zoom I don't call, think like a one-on-one zoom call right right um and so like maybe this would be a way to get those autographs fat you know cheaper no shipping you know like maybe maybe it's saving them money somewhere or yeah i mean yeah it's like what's what's the difference between right honestly like because you could print it right like if you wanted it printed you could like yeah yeah so the other piece of nerd news we have is that um kind of more local to us um gen con it's it's is it all tabletop or is it gaming of all um you've been gaming of all kinds like i mean and it also kind of depends on what your definition of tabletop gaming is but no it's gaming it's like all gaming so um they they're out of indianapolis and um they are they've they've announced that they are coming back um in i think you said june is normally when their convention is and they're going to postpone until oh no i'm sorry it was originally scheduled for early august um normally june June. Well, so this year they had planned it for oh, August, yes. but they have now pushed it out to like September 16th through 19th. It's at the Indianapolis uh, Convention Center. Um, and it's kind of, they said it's going to be kind of a hybrid event um, where there will also be like a live streaming element to it. So um, they basically have said, you know, they're going to require social distancing and different safety requirements. Um, and then priority for attendance will be given first to attendees who donated or rolled their badges over in 2020. And then if, if they still have, you know, space, um, you know, tickets left over or space left over, they're going to open it up um, to other people. Um, and they don't know when that'll be, if that happens, basically. So it said last year, I think in 2009, or not last year, the last year they had it, 2019, um, it like, 70,000 people in attendance. See, they they cannot, that's what I'm saying, they they're they cannot have 70,000 people committed. 
Right, so right. I just don't think, like, that's why I'm thinking about Dragon Con at this point. Like, a normal 80,000 person Dragon Con, I just don't think can happen. So, you know, right. I'll be interested to see if there is a way that these big, big conventions can pull it off. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, if they get to go ahead um, and if it does end up opening up or if everybody, it'll just be, you know, people from 2020 that had previously bought their badges. It'll be um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on it because that's the first big, big convention I've heard that's planning on going on in 2021. I mean, Dragon Con is planning on it. Uh, the track directors are working on panels and content, but... I just don't know. Right. I just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, hey, Jesse, cocktail corner. Yeah, I made a cocktail. What'd you make? I made uh, a new cocktail that I invented, especially for the podcast this episode. Tell me, um, tell me, tell it me. It goes along with the theme. So this is going to be a bit of a, uh, I guess, a foreshadowing. Not really a spoiler. Just for yours, though, right? Uh. Yeah, well, it, no, it's going to give away the whole challenge. Oh, that's fine. What is your cocktail? My cocktail's called the Hopeful Monster. Oh, that's you. Um, yeah, that's why I made it that way. It is the most justy cocktail I could think of. Um, Tell hope- me what's in it. Well, Hopeful Monster, for those of you that don't know is a biological term best friends with jesse yeah well or or like other other scientists would know that's fair it's not just people who are friends with scientists other scientists would know i don't know if our resident geologist pal would know oh Uh, she'll have to email you i I was gonna say i don't know much uh biology uh but it's a ecological term where um there's a mutant that's derived from a species that is not able to meet mate with normal members of that species. Mm -hmm. The reason why they call it hopeful is because in some cases there is a mutant that they can mate with and they make their own new species. Um, And that's one of the ways that speciation occurs. Um, uh, Because I identified with Frankenstein that that's always been one of my favorite biological terms um that's the only way i remember what that is but anyway so i named my drink after that in honor of frankenstein which is as you know listener if you listen to previous episodes my favorite book so the actual cocktail itself is uh four roses single barrel bourbon whiskey which i will say i was a little bit conflicted about using that because it's such nice whiskey i normally drink it straight but uh, I was like, well, this is like my cocktail, right? For me, right. I don't want to put shitty whiskey in there. Right. So it's Four Roses Single Barrel, probably my top all-time favorite whiskey because it's pretty affordable. It's delicious, delicious, delicious. Um, comes in a beautiful bottle. Bon appetit. Is, oh. it, just, is it just the whiskey? No. <laughs> That's my cocktail. I poured whiskey in a Frankenstein glass. <laughs> no, there's also um, which is fine, but you just no. It it has a whole um three other ingredients. A <laughs> uh, couple splashes of orange bitters. I like 
the orange bitters as opposed to the Angostura bitters. That's my personal preference. Okay. And then rose syrup Mm -hmm. and six cherries. (laughs) Oh, my God. That, uh, that does sound like the most Jesse cocktail ever. That's see, that's what I was pretty proud of it. I was like, anyone that knows me would be like, "Yep, that's that Jesse made that cocktail." That's how she did. <laughs> she puts as much fruit in her cocktails as possible. So uh, I'm not drinking yeah. your cocktail. It doesn't sound like something I would like. But no, you would absolutely not. You may you may eat the cherries. I would eat the cherries for sure. Um, so I'm actually. I didn't make a cocktail because I just got some new, I like a sour beer. That is my go-to beer. Um, And I just got some new ones. One that I had had before, like at restaurants um, locally. And I I don't actually know where they're out of. I probably should have looked. Oh, they're out of Normal. uh, Normal, Illinois. Um, So the the one I already drank is called, uh, it's Destil Brewery Wild Sour. And it's called Here Goes Nothing. Um. And I really like this one. I've ordered it several times at at different um, local breweries. Uh, Like it a lot. Uh, um, But the other one, I just opened one. And I'm going to be honest. The smell is throwing me. (laughs) But but the drink doesn't taste bad. And it might just be like personal preference. So this is Prairie Artisanal Ales. And it's called Plum Conundrum. And it's a sour. And it's got a plum, a blackcurrant, and blackberry. And uh, the taste is not bad. The smell, like, I was like, oh, I'm not drinking any of this. But not bad. And it's got um, a, like, fun label on it. A I- um, couple things related to beer, your beer specifically. First, you said earlier off mic that you thought I might like that beer, and I reckon I probably would because I really like plum. Plum is what, yeah, I didn't, like, I was just, like, drawn by the label, and, uh, like I said, trying new sour, like, I like to try new sours, Um, but, yeah, plum isn't something I normally gravitate towards. Now, the blackcurrant and the blackberry, absolutely, Um. But uh, for some reason, plum is one of those things that reminds me of you. That's like surprising you know, that you would like blackcurrant because you don't like grape. Well, so my favorite sour that I've ever had is that Revolution Brewery, uh, the Freedom of Press. Yeah. And that is blackcurrant. Is it? That surprises me. Yeah. It's my favorite. Um, uh, but yeah, plum is one of those things that just reminds me of you. Like plum and like rose and like there's just like certain floral fragrances and stuff um that remind me of you and plum i was like well jesse would like this yeah i really like plums um so yeah that's cocktail corner we both kind of did something different and interesting uh jesse do you have a new segment or something oh it's not new at this point i'd say it's old and worn out all right here's my a uh, new segment featuring the new jingle, the new hotness. That new, that new, new. Something's on my mind. That means question time. I'm gonna ask you a question. All right, here's my question. Tell me. So today's episode revolves around our favorite books. Correct. So 
this is kind of a more again remember this is for you as well listeners uh what do you reckon like what what are the key things that you love about your favorite book like what do you what do you think drew you to it i don't um oh my gosh so uh Pride and Prejudice uh, by Jane Austen is my favorite book um, and has been since high school. Um, I don't even know if I had a favorite book before that. Anyway, um, I I like the romance part of it. I like the like enemy to, to I mean... <laughs> she's a little proper to say lovers, but you know, enemy to lover thing. I like, um, um, I like the, I, I think a lot of it is like the Regency era. I honestly, I know I definitely read it before the, the 2005 movie came out. I don't remember if I watched the like original, like a uh, mini series, the BBC mini series, I don't remember if I watched that before um, with Colin Firth. I read the book um, or if I watched it after, but I just, I love any kind of like historical romantic drama situation. And for some reason, like, I just, I like Jane Austen's uh, writing. Like I have read a lot of her books I I will not say every one of them because I'm sure I haven't, but I've read a lot of her books and I just, I just like the way she writes. I don't know if it just um, does have like a romantic element to me and the way she writes or what, but I I don't know. Uh, Romance is probably a lot of it. And like I said, like the enemy to lover, like I like that tension and that excitement and stuff. Um, It's just, and I love, I love Elizabeth Bennett as a character, but we'll get into that later. So what about you, Jesse? Um, uh, I reckon, like, I think for me, it's more, um, m- like, more tangible, I guess. Like, what draws me to it? Like, I, they're, like, the elements you that You know I, for sure what it is. Yeah, I think. Well, and, like, you know, who knows anything for sure, I guess, but, um like first of all the fact that it's a female author is important to me yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, especially at of her time you know uh was very very uncommon she was only I think she was only 18 when the book was published maybe 19 so right. incredibly young right also it pretty much like Frankenstein pretty much invented the genre of science fiction so like all the other science fiction books that I love and like the science fiction short stories that I read like you know insane numbers of in college right uh, like that got me through college uh you know all of those you know again it's difficult to say that we wouldn't have those without it but you know probably not a lot of them it's such a part, again, not necessarily the book. Most people don't actually really know or understand the book. Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of draws me to it, that, like, although Frankenstein, you know, everyone can picture, like, the green, square-headed. Right, like the classic. Frankenstein, right, but, like, very few people actually know. It's just, yeah, I mean, the the story 
itself is also a beautiful, it's sad and tragic, but beautiful, you know, like <clears throat> here's this being a sentient being with thoughts and feelings and all that he wants is to be accepted and to be loved. And he's denied that for, you know, the way that he looks, which is nothing, you know, absolutely nothing that he can control. And, you know, uh, yes, he does terrible things, but all, only because he has literally nothing. He has nothing in his life. Right. Uh, uh, so, you know, just like it's it's a beautiful, like I said, tragic but beautiful story. Right. Um, and it's just like I said, contributed so much to our pop culture. Like it's it's pretty much established a genre of science fiction. Anyway, yeah, like it's just, uh, and it's beautifully written. Uh, yeah, it's just like I said, it's, it's hard for me to find many qualms with it. Uh, Jesse, that wasn't me. That you was. Want to tell them after. I'm sure they're like just on the edge of their seats, waiting to find out what the episode is. We've not given them any hint whatsoever at this point. Uh, well, we did a cosplay challenge of characters from our favorite books. Yeah, we did. And I bet they already know what our favorite characters are. Uh, well, I didn't necessarily, this wouldn't necessarily, I mean, the thing about Frankenstein is there really are two characters. All right. You want to get into yours first then? Well, I was just saying you said favorite characters. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say. I just meant more from like your cocktail and stuff. That the creature was my favorite character. I mean, probably Yes. Like, not necessarily, again, not necessarily, like, the best character, like, morality-wise. Right. But, uh, like. Oh, right, because the challenge wasn't your favorite character from your favorite book. It was a character from your favorite Right, that's what I was getting at. Like, I, I understand what you're saying now. I, got I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, yes, I think probably the creature, whatever you want to call some in the. In the play, he's called Adam. Um, you came up with this challenge, I think, because you already had an outfit made, which is fine because we needed we we needed a quick one, and I mean that wasn't that wasn't the only reason, but I was like, I can uh, get that done quickly. But we had talked about I had thought of a challenge earlier that was like, okay, a book, but like a character from a book, but not one that's already been like um represent artistically represented in a movie and a you know whatever um and i don't know that we'll ever get to well it just be one. so hard to find um, a book that's that not is, been rendered at all um but so when we were trying to think of a cosplay challenge to get done fairly quickly um yeah this is the one that i was like this is what i can get done the fastest because i just but i did <laughs> agree to it so like that so uh, my immediate thought was like, okay, I want to do, like, I'm, I'm going to have to do the creature if I do. Because again, there's really only right. two characters. The other being Victor Frankenstein, who just wears like ye oldie nobility dude clothes. Like, you know, he'd be wearing like a suit. Um, so I was like, I right. don't have time to make a tailored suit. I'm not going to be able to buy a tailored suit to fit me. I was like, okay, I'm going to go with Creature, but I was like, I want to go with book 
accurate creature. So um, I searched for a description. Well, I searched on Google for a description of the creature. And then I searched for that description in the book to make sure it was like, you know, legit, legit. or, you know. Here's the thing. He's described in the book as being beautiful as having beautiful features, like, because, you know, Frankenstein has built this being, uh, you got, you can Google the, it's on Wikipedia, the description, but, um, you know, he pick, he's creating, you know, this experiment, he's trying to make a living being. So, you know, if you're putting together the ideal person, you know, you're going to put together, uh, you know the best of that you can find so um there's no mention of him being stitched together uh so uh that's like not in there now i mean he is put together somehow but there's no mention of him having like visible scars or stitching the it, it mentions that he has yellow skin so I've never seen a yellow-skinned Frankenstein portrayed. The only main so there's there's two like routes most people go either when they're portraying Frankenstein either for cosplay or costume or it's like green or theater. Gray, right? So for theater, it's usually either regular flesh tone or just kind of like a you know like yeah like a sullen kind of gray or like a pale. Like, like great, yeah. great, yeah. Um, but the the last um, theater, the last two theater productions I saw of it, they just did regular skin tone. Now he did have scarring, but no, right. like no visible skin discoloration. So right. uh, I've never seen anyone do a yellow skin Frankenstein, which in the book he has yellow skin. That's one of the few, um, like firm descriptions we get is that he's got beautiful features but it's almost like he's described as beautiful but he's grotesque because of this like uncanny valley right he's not quite human uh so he's got yellow skin and his skin is really tight and you can see his veins and his musculature underneath so that's why i drew on like the visible veins now that part was really easy for me i painted it on with uh like liquid, I mixed some of, well, I bought some like special effects makeup. In addition to, I used yellow, the same yellow body paint that I used for my, uh, same brand that I used in blue for my Twi'lek. But I did paint like my entire arms and shoulders. I could tell, yeah. And it stayed pretty, because I had a lot of problems with the special effects makeup. And I mean a lot, like crying, I mean, it was just very fresh. Girl, I mean, I same like it got all stuck in my hair. I'm taking shower, um, which I mean, I was gonna have to take a shower anyway at that point because I was covered in yellow. Dijon is the name of the color, but so I tried to first make like a little like a raised vein out of it, and I was like, well, maybe I won't have as much trouble as Paige did. Because A, I think mine was, at first I thought mine might be, have been a little thicker. Like, but then it got uh, warm so quickly in your hands that it turned so sticky. 
that yes. it was that was a lot of the issue I had too was like it was when I was using it for my Drusilla like it was just like it didn't want to stick to my face because it was sticking right. to my hand and then as soon as I got it stuck on my face and tried to apply my foundation over it was like oh now we stick to the right brush. like uh so then I looked up I was like okay maybe I'm just using it wrong so I looked right. up and somebody said something about like molding it and stick using spirit gum. Uh-huh. So I tried that did not work. It just yeah. was still a sticky mess. So then I was like, well, maybe I noticed that. Here's something I think we should both do whenever conventions come back in is go to a special effects. Um, yeah. And it could class. just be that we bought like cheap, the wrong shit. Right. Like, you know, right. But like, Hopefully they would maybe give right, some ideas. Right, right. Like, it, yeah, it could just be because we're so. That's okay. something we've never done except for like, I think we went we went to that um the Weta workshop one where they did like yeah. full orc makeup. But I like, took a um I took a makeup class, a theater makeup class. Um, right. but we did it and we did wounds, but we, we got to choose what we did, and I just did a bruise because I bruised so easily that I was like an expert bruise maker <laughs> because I'm so used to, and that was the thing with drawing my veins in with the like the pigment is that most of those veins are like veins I can see now it's more subtle of course but like veins I can see just looking at my shoulder and neck in the mirror because my skin is so pale naturally um, but yeah, I just didn't have good luck with it. I did end up using it for a little bit of texture with the veins, just kind of mixed in with the pigment, uh, just to make them look more raised and not so painted on. Other descriptions were that, uh, the creature had very, very, very white teeth. So I will say if you want your teeth to look very, very white, paint your skin yellow. That's an interesting tidbit that you've given us. Lizzie. What? The yellow skin. Yeah, I mean, maybe like, you can't do that in a normal situation. <laughs> you're going to look jaundiced. People will think that you are having liver failure. Yeah, but your teeth true. will look white. <laughs> People will think that you're. So you've got to weigh. You got to weigh those consequences. Yeah. What's more important to you. People will think that you are a chronic alcoholic, but. Do you care? Do you care? You will have very white looking like- teeth. Bitch, look how white my teeth are. You people will think that you slathered yourself in mustard, but uh, and you'd be delicious. Um, and then uh, watery eyes. So I tried to like kind of irritate my eyes, but because I googled like how to make your eyes look watery, and it was basically like fucking mate yourself. So just kind of tried to like. Um, I also lit a candle to make it more like like candle lit. So I just kind of tried to like get some candle smoke in my eyes to make them look a little watery. That was the best that I had. And then he's got black lips in the book. Uh, hence uh-huh. the black. Yeah, thin or flat black lips it's described as. So I just used the maddest black lip paint that I had. So uh, and then that was my makeup besides the major fail with the I'm still happy with the way it looked overall. I was a little bit bummed I couldn't get the special effects makeup to work better, but, um, you know, we, we said like that as part of this podcast, we want to acknowledge when we 
have fails or right. shortfalls or whatever. So we've both we're we're zero for two on the <laughs> special effects makeup. Uh, oh, in the costume. So uh, what he wears is never described. Really, I uh, couldn't find much of a description of it in the stage play. He's often naked. Um, sometimes he wears like a loincloth, nothing but a loincloth. Wasn't going to do that, folks. Um, not going to put my nudies up on the social media. Um, I was like, well, Toga, that a lot of the early stage productions, he was in the Toga. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of, well, well, Toga, I was like, it'll be quick to come together with, because we only had like three days for this one. Right. I've got old bed sheets because I always hoard old bed sheets because they make such great, great cosplay fabric. Honestly, um, take that. I have a old, tip for the day, listener. Like old, like taupe, grayish, brown, or even white that you can like dye. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Oh, I didn't really do much with this," but then I was like, "Well, I actually think that's a good thing to talk about on the podcast because I literally did zero sewing to put that toga together." Right. Something was that it secure I, enough you could wear to a convention. For sure, that's exactly what I was just going to say. It was one hundred percent secure enough that you could wear it to a convention. The only notice. reason I asked is because, like, I do know, like, I I just assume that our listeners are always wondering, like, um, our cosplay uh, uh, challenges. Like, are they things that are like things we could actually wear to a convention? Um, yeah. So I just used a belt. Too. I originally had made like a tube dress like I used for Crow. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like it as well. And I didn't, I wanted something that looked like thrown together. Like, you know, you literally were just gained sentience, right? Mm-hmm. You don't understand anything. You can't see. And you got yet. some clothes, some sheets thrown over you to like cover your junk. Right. There is some structure to the top, which I just used like a top for that. Yeah. Um, kind of wrapped it to cover that up because I wanted to wear I've done that before with when we did uh Khaleesi and Kyle Drogo like I wore a like bra and then Mm -hmm. wrapped that material around my top because you know he's shirtless so I wanted to convey that without without actually being shirtless right and that's that's kind of and then like tucked it into my bra to give it a shape so it wasn't just like hanging there like right that worked great like Right. For, you know, a beginner cosplayer that doesn't, you know, maybe A, can't afford a sewing machine or doesn't B, know how to use it, doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you're trying to throw something together last minute. Like, right. there's a lot of, I was thinking, like, you know, I, why am I not doing more Greek? Like, I thought it was pretty flattering the way I had it tied, mm-hmm. even on a plus size body. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have shortened it if, because it was very long. Um, so I probably would have hemmed it short if I was going to do it for a real convention. But again, if you didn't have that option, there's no reason you couldn't bring that. Like if, again, if you had no sewing skills at all, um, you could just cut it and leave it raw, especially right. for something like Frankenstein. Right. So like you said, at first I was thinking of it as a negative. Cause I was like, oh, I really won't have anything to talk about on the podcast. Cause I didn't make anything. I didn't sew anything, mm-hmm. but you know, like I said, you do mess around with how am I going to tuck this to cover my underpants? How am I going to make sure my junk's not popping out? You know, like and like you make said, like it's a it's a quick like. There's been a lot of cosplay challenges I've done that have been 
stuff yeah. that I had around the house, like stuff mm-hmm. I didn't have to make, didn't have to buy. Like there's something to be said for working with what you've got and whether that be like skills and time too. like, you know, I think that, yeah. I think that's a good point to make. Yeah. And that was, like I said, why then I was like, okay, I'm glad that we did do this cosplay challenge. Um, because well, I think that's makeup looks badass. Yeah, I was really happy with it. I was really happy with it. Um, yeah. uh, so now we get to my normal question. Would you wear this to a convention? Yeah, I reckon I probably would. Um, uh, I do more with the dress, like, to make sure. Like, I don't really know what it looked like in the back. It could have been a hot, hecky mess back there. <laughs> um, I would probably try to get, like, a bodysuit or... <laughs> Uh, so maybe a, some kind of gloves or something uh, because my hands stayed painted decently mm-hmm. but I also was only painted like I painted them last thing so you know it was only for a couple of hours and I didn't have to you know like use the bathroom or eat right because I was just sitting around the house so I would probably want to do something about my hands uh, now no one would know who I was that's kind of what I was um, going to ask. Well, that's another thing in the book. He has long, like long flowing, beautiful black hair. Right. Uh, so I was like, well, like I've got decently long black hair, like won't even have to wear a wig. Cause I was right. talking about originally when we talked about doing it, wearing a bald cap. Right. Uh, but then I, cause I, like, I had, well, like when I, the way I remembered the description in my head was like the last play version I've seen, which was like, bald maybe some patches of hair like gooey stitched up you know like regular skin tone really not accurate to the book at all right so uh the like that's why i was like oh i'm glad i went back and read it you know that's why i think a lot of people wouldn't recognize it because and also the fact that you know he is a muscular man Mm -hmm. and i am a short gnome like lady <laughs> um so i don't know if anybody would get it but uh i'd still probably do it um, say, especially it like cool enough that i don't it would be one of those that people would still like yeah well, and it's, it's so so easy even like but like honestly the bulk of the time it did take me a very long time to do my makeup but the vast majority of that was experimenting with what brush worked best to put the body paint on and how much um uh so it wouldn't take long so yeah i mean it wouldn't be like a big main event dragon con cosplay but for like especially if we ever went to like a horror convention uh or like a book convention i know our friend bethany goes to some book conventions so if we ever did something like that right uh, yeah i would definitely i'd wear it for halloween I want to one day become known, like, this is my goal, starting, like, hopefully this year if we can have Halloween parties. Like, I want to be the person who has, like, the big extravagant Halloween party. I would wear it, yeah, for not for, like, Dragon Con, not for a big, big one, probably, but just because I do like to be something a little bit more, like, that does take more work. But, like, there's definitely been, or, like, a small local convention even, you know, there's there's definitely been times where there have been smaller conventions that we've been like, oh, are we going to cosplay? Are we not? Like, oh, right. I don't know if I want to spend the we money. Cosplaying. 
Yeah, we always do end up puzzling. So like, you know, that that's I've kind of thought that about all these, you know, it's a weird situation to be in that we never thought we'd be in to have all these cosplays that we've never actually worn to a convention. You know, right. I was thinking about that the other day, like, so will I wear them? Like I I'd like to think that some of them I will just because like hardly anybody's seen them mm-hmm. outside of, you know, our little bubble or little podcast bubble. Our podcast bubble. So my favorite character, as previously discussed, or my favorite book is Pride and Prejudice. And uh, Elizabeth Bennett is obviously my favorite character from uh, that book. Um, I, Jesse mentioned earlier that when we were trying to come up with a quick cosplay challenge that I suggested this. Um, I, after my our past uh, cosplay challenge, I had sewn my dress for Drusilla. And I think I even mentioned on that episode that I was going to try to get some other fabric that I like to make other dresses just to keep using that same pattern because I was used to it Um, and like kind of changing it up and and just getting more comfortable with sewing from a pattern and sewing in general. Um, And so I uh, made a trip to a fabric store a a week or two ago and uh found some fabric I really and I really liked and started working on this dress before before we had decided on the um cosplay challenge and it was just kind of a generalized uh regency gown that was what the pattern was I did uh something I thought was interesting that Jesse and I discussed was my original pattern has just like these cap short sleeves on them And I knew I wanted to make the second one with long sleeves. And I had previously bought a pattern of just like different sleeves. Um, And one of them was a McCall's pattern. One of them was a simplicity pattern and they matched up perfectly. I went, we discussed whether they would or not, if they were, you know, kind of universal. Um, And that may be to those of you who sew from patterns a lot, you may be rolling your eyes like, but like, again, I, don't like I'm not an expert sewer by any means and I don't sew from a pattern hardly at all because it's very difficult to find patterns that will make a garment to fit me um yeah so. and I didn't know either but I also went about it in a uh like I was like well, I don't know I bought this because I thought it would work with anything I didn't really think that far ahead right. kind of thing. And it was on sale so like you know right right yeah I got a really good deal on them so be out too much if it didn't work right um so I made the dress in about 24 hours, and I think that was a day or two before we decided on the challenge. And so when we decided that, I said, well, I can obviously use this really quickly. I did I did stuff a little bit differently, um, like trim-wise. Like I, I did some different techniques um, that I didn't do with the first dress. And um, like I said, the sleeves were a little bit different. Um, but overall, same pattern. Um, and then when it got down to like the actual like makeup makeup was pretty simple so in pride and prejudice um it doesn't really describe um it doesn't really describe elizabeth in great detail um it basically just says that she's the second prettiest bennett daughter to her elder sister jane who is compared to like an angel at times you know by the her love interest um and it, it just really doesn't give a lot of physical description. It says she has like these dark, fine eyes and um, that she's small. 
you know, like short, shorter than this sister. And like, but that's about all it gives, you know, it doesn't give very specific details. So I went more, um, with makeup and, and, um, wig. I used a wig that I bought for, um, my bell cosplay. Um, so I ended up cutting bangs into that. Um, and I tried to kind of model the hairstyle off of the two, um, you know, artistic representations I've seen of Pride and Prejudice, which are the uh, uh, miniseries and the movie in 2005. Uh, so I did bangs like Keira Knightley has, and then a lot more curl, um, like the original, uh, the actress from the miniseries has. I do not know her name. Um, and so that was kind of what I did. Like I said, it doesn't give a lot of detail. And you can look at, you know, uh, historical representations of what their hair looked like but um and then my makeup was just kind of plain and uh nothing very bland nothing exciting there um I wore black flats I didn't uh do anything fancy with my shoes well you can't even see like your lower right seven eights yeah, like that's, that's the thing we're talking about like thing happening down there well, so that's, you know, and it's like one of those, like, that's, it just kind of is the, you know, like, I don't like at first, like I said, it was a bummer, but it is difficult to take a picture, a decent picture of a costume without that really shows. Color, yeah. And, and then, then, like what? I said, like my dress, it's empire waist, you know, it's re it's normal. Well, you can see the waist of it. You just can't right. see and, But the shirt, it's all just the same all the way down. Like and my shoes are very basic, and I don't think you could have even seen them in the picture. I was gonna, that's, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, it we're you're not we're not in a costume contest. You don't need no. to like see the right. Yeah, we're doing the best that we can. We're doing our best. So yeah, it wasn't uh, like I said. Uh, I did make my dress, but I made it. You know, it wasn't like a time crunch thing or anything. Trying to kind of feel like what I felt from the different representations of that character. Um, that's kind of how I went about it. I didn't just pick from one uh, representation, I guess, but uh, I was happy with mine too, but I also really liked the dress. And um, like you were saying, like I, it wouldn't be a dragon con type cosplay, but I would, uh, I love this dress. It's very comfortable. It's light. I like, I'm really, really happy with it. And I would definitely wear it. You know, we've talked about that before, like to, I don't know if I'd wear it to a Ren Fair necessarily, but like, I would love to someday go to a Jane Austen festival. I know you've been once before. Oh, um, yeah. So you have any final thoughts? Um, I don't think so. Like said, it was a nice, I like uh, both of ours really well. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, and maybe it's because like, they're both characters that we both really like, you know, so we, I don't know. Yeah, it was. I felt like this one. I tried to like actually legitimately try and pose a little bit more because normally I you just, like, I your pictures I can definitely tell a difference in. Uh, normally I just like am like whatever. Right. But this one I was like, okay, like no Frankenstein deserves, you know, like me to actually try. And also like it just felt like it being a character I'm so intimately familiar with. It felt wrong to smile. Yeah, like you said, I it was it, something, that, and again, it was something that I may not have ever done if you hadn't had challenged me. I've toyed around with the idea of doing like a rockabilly bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, 
that I'm like, eh, like there's just not very fan to me. It's just like a random, like I'd rather do that for something like, you know, my big, huge Halloween party that I'm going to have every year. Yeah. All eight of my friends. You all are invited, listeners. All of you can come. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Pump um, those breaks. Some uh, of the listeners, certainly. Well, we don't know who all you are. Right. So, it's like a fun little surprise. When they no, 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 <laughs> no. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening in today. We hope that you enjoyed it. You know, these cosplay challenges are a lot of fun for us normally, or they teach us things, you know, whether it's good or bad. Um, but well, I mean, we learned something good from it. Like we right. learned something useful. Uh, right. Um, like, so we really, we really enjoy it because it does get us to cosplay and to create. And, you know, like Jesse said, teaches us stuff. Um, well, I'm also always thinking like, we learned through the podcast also like, A, we're telling you guys like, hey, we did not, like, we're kind of giving you a heads up of struggles that we've had. So uh-huh. hopefully helping you guys out. And also, sometimes we will have a listener message in and be like, oh, well, the reason that didn't work is because you're supposed to do X, Right, y, so then we learn. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so if you want to follow along with us or send us any kind of that, you know, that, that information... That, that stuff uh you can do that on <laughs> we're on facebook and instagram at cosplay and cocktails pod uh we're also over on the twitter at cosplay pod that's uh, right we got it you don't we got it you don't that's my rumble skin it's called mario twins that's gonna be like my thing like that i'm telling like your kids about in like 20 years like did i ever tell you about the time we got the at cosplay pod twitter handle <laughs> so you can send stuff there or you can also go uh visit jesse over on the good old gmail um and she will take all kinds of stuff over there just whoa that was <laughs> needlessly erotic a plethora of stuff like that's gonna that would i don't like how pornographic you just i didn't mean to have students that listen to this podcast your head is in the gutter i think no you just said that i take all sorts of stuff (laughs) um i like you know aaron copeland's composition not that kind of stuff uh piano concertos no listen and listen what were you asking? Listen, listen. Your mom and I are getting a divorce, but it's nothing about you <laughs> because she won't let me do the outro the way I want to do it. We're not getting a divorce, you and I. No, yeah, that remains to be seen. Okay, well, what can they send to the cosplay Gmail? They can send classical music related materials. Uh, no, you're right. We are getting a divorce. <laughs> um, weird fish picks. Yeah. Uh, interesting plants and mushrooms. Army, uh, also, hammer, pot, guts. Yeah. Also, if you've got any good, we're getting ready to do a D and D inspired episode. I reckon that'll probably be our next non-interview yeah, episode. I think it probably will. Um, cause it's, I'm really it, excited about it's it. done now, baby. And I even brought my dice in. I carry, carry my, um, both sets of my D and D dice in my car, just in case, you know, spontaneous D and D should happen. Um, spontaneous D and D combustion. What? No, just spontaneous D and D like in case, you know, 
I happen to be at an event and, and someone walk plays. across somebody and somebody throws dice at you and then you have to throw it back. Like, oh my god, that's not D and D is not Pokemon. <laughs> that's anyway. not. Well, you got a lot, so it's not. Uh, it's not going to be D and D listener. It's going to be uh, slightly based off of D and D role playing campaign that I came up with to give Paige a good intro and also you listeners an easy to play introduction to uh tabletop role-playing games yeah yeah we'll get into how this all spurred about when we get into that yeah we will but i just want to give a little preview yeah that's That's called uh being being professional uh i went to professional podcasting school i got my phd it was called um Jeff Corgogli State University. Um, What's the mascot? They're the uh, fighting armadillos. Great. Uh, yeah, so that's the, uh, there's our little, we stole that from uh, <laughs> my favorite murderer. Um, what yeah, else? Uh, corrections. Uh, yes. We pronounce something wrong if one of us can't pronounce Mandarin or current. Cur- current. Um, Nobody will know though because I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> I should feel like I should take over some of the editing duties just so that I can make some no, of you shit stay not, in. Uh, you won't anyway. That's no, I wouldn't. I absolutely <laughs> wouldn't. I and and also, like I said, I would have different standards of what to cut. I think than you. I was going to say we. It would be a completely different podcast. <laughs> Honestly, it would. That it really would. We should on like Freaky Friday. We should. Um, well, we could. We could probably do like one where we both edit it. Oh, that would be interesting. Like, well, th- so that's something you can email to us, listener. Email us a topic for our Freaky Friday episode where. Paige and I each can we do that though, or if I edit it, would it screw your no, editing I up? Can, I think we can do it. I want to do it. Make it even more enticing. I want to do it. I want to edit an episode, and it's gonna be the Jesse. Like it's gonna have, you're gonna listen to it. It's gonna have like a completely different like jazzy intro. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's like yeah. What else I don't they send to the Gmail, Jesse. Um, pictures of cosplays that you want us to feature. Um, yeah. Assuming they're ones you know that you have permission to send us. Cocktail oh. ideas and recipes. Yeah, cocktail recipes are our mocktail recipes. Or- uh, questions for I ask you a question. No, uh, yeah, I'm gonna ask you a question. That's yeah, a that new official name since that's what's yeah. in the lyrics. Yeah, you've got a question for. Um, yeah, that new segment. It re- um, oh, we said correction. I think we hit them all, man. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, um, any nerd news stuff? You guys know what we like. Again, I don't think I don't think this is anybody's first episode. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? Um, Jesse, where can they send those to? Our email, which is cosplaying cocktails pod. At gmail.com. That's gmail.com. Did we even try cosplay pod for the Gmail? No. God, no, I feel like you're a fuck up. That's not uh, I really regret it because like cosplay pod so more such it's more succinct and it makes it sound like we're the only one. I'm gonna try to get it now just so we can have it. 
So no one else can. You know, no one else can have it. And then someone has to pay me for it. Like, She's bitter sister. and jaded, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I guess. No, I just think, like, I want to have it. I just want to have it. Just let me have it. The fucking, the fucking smog of candles. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what? Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm I now I think for maybe like do we have like an episode milestone coming up like a hundredth or something not surely not hundredth but maybe like a no, seventy fifth no uh, we're, we're like close to sixty maybe um maybe for our sixtieth episode then I will um dress up as Smaug and you can Photoshop me on top of a pile of handles um, of handles <laughs> I like it um I mean. Are we done? I think we were done like an hour and a half ago, to be that's, honest. That's, that's a good point. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.